honey. Welcome to Astrologize It. This is a podcast for anyone who wants a practical explanation of astrology with an easy application to the everyday stuff. We're your guides and co-hosts on this stellar journey. I'm Julia. And I'm Steve. Grab a mug, a snack, and a blankie. Unless you're driving. And drift away with us into the marvelous mist that is Pisces. All right, Julia. Yay! How, how are you doing today? I am feeling very Piscean. Just kind of drifting along, having a hard time focusing. Mm-hmm. We had here in Minnesota several days of warmer weather, and um, now it's back to being cold, and my body is just like, no, yeah, it, I can't. It was a big shift. Yes. Like the, we, we all got really, really used to uh, above freezing. Yeah. It. <laughs> No matter how long I live in Minnesota, it never ceases to amaze me how quickly bodies adjust to changes in the weather. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, just a little bit of sunlight, just a little bit of warmth, and done. Done with the winter, but... But not. But Pisces, Pisces season is back! Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that's very much... What Pisces season is all about? Like, if you think about in the Northern Hemisphere, we had winter, so we we started off in our like Capricorny. Things are hard, but we're gonna survive. And then we had Aquarius season, where we were like, we're gonna have to be innovative if we want to survive. Now we're in Pisces season, and it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna make it. I I gotta be okay with that. Right. Even if I make it, someone I love for sure won't. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's just this, yeah, yeah, getting getting through. So I grew up uh, reading the Little House on the Prairie series. And in the book, The Long Winter, like at the very end of The Long Winter, there's this scene where they're like, I don't remember what it is, but like grinding their last potato down into milling it. In order to eat it. Mm-hmm. And Laura, the main character, is just like totally dissociated, like milling her potato down and she can't even like form thoughts anymore. And it's all about how she doesn't even have imagination. It's just drifting through day to day. I'm like, that that's Pisces season. We're just drifting along, waiting for the end to come. <laughs> maybe we'll survive, maybe we don't, we don't care anymore. Aww. <laughs> well, we, we should care a little bit. We... P- Pisces does care a lot. Pisces There's... cares a lot, poor Pisces. I know. Um, well, so on today's show, uh, what can our listeners expect? Like, what did you yeah. want to talk about? So for this show, we're going to talk about some of the key points of Pisces as we head into the season. So we've got things about why Pisces is a big crier. That's one of the um, tropes that you see about Pisces is that they're always crying. Um, but then also the empathy piece. So a lot of people talk about how Pisces is a psychic sponge and they can feel what's going on. Um, and that often gets coded as being an empath or being empathetic. And we're going to talk about what empathy really is and whether that's a Pisces thing or a more general thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was something else uh, you wanted to kickstart 
um, before we get to the empathy and compassion and all of that oh, yeah. yummy, gummy stuff. Uh, but something has to happen before we get there. And I think um, you you kind of were touching on it with the the winter season. Yeah. And Pisces being at the end of it. Yes. And so, like, the mutable water sign. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes at the end of winter is usually death. We were alluding <laughs> to that. Yeah. Um, so the, hard, the harder conversation of grief. Yeah. Um, will be associated with, with Pisces as well. That's right. So I think that might be a great, well, and, you know, maybe a downer launching point, but there's hope at the end of the tunnel. There is. There is. Oh, so much hope. Um, so Pisces is ruled by the planet Neptune. And I think because of that association, you often see a lot of ocean analogies with Pisces. So you've got Pisces is a water sign and mm-hmm. it's, mutable. Now, most water tends to be pretty pretty mutable already. Goes with the flow, moves around. Mm-hmm. Um but uh I like to think of Pisces very much as like the waves on the shore. Um it's they're coming in and out and ebbing and flowing. Um they're never staying still. They um like the show the good place. Mm-hmm. Um spoilers little bit here but towards the end um they use the very uh buddhist analogy of like we're waves that come to shore and have form for a little bit but then we go back to the ocean and connect with the great one that's that's very piscean mm. mystical spirituality so well, i love a good analogy so that pisces yeah. is like yeah that little wave that's coming on shore um And yeah, so like the lessons we learn about Pisces is that um, when you build like a sandcastle, it's a foolish thing to come back the next day and think that that sandcastle will still be there. Pisces understands that what we build is always temporary and is going to be taken away. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Now, how do we link the grief to this little wave? Well, grief is sadness over losing something, mm-hmm. the deep process of sadness over having lost something. And um, so we, we talk about Pisces. Pisces is criers. Um, you'll see all the all the memes about water signs being cri- criers. Um, that often, cancers often get accused of being big criers. Um, but I, I really feel like it's it's the, um, the Pisces placements that tend to really express, literally shoot water out of their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that letting go because they they are uh, understand how everything is connected, but they also stand, understand how things need to be released. Um, yeah, so there is grief. I do want to add like a little, a little fun astrological thing. Um, for those of you without any water really in, in the major planets... Um, that can also lead to just leaky eyes. Yeah. Kind of a thing where um, the imbalance of water in your own chart, well, your body, and it, it needs to come out somehow. And, like, uh, I have experienced people who have literally no reason why to cry in a moment, but they're like, but I'm sorry, my face is leaking. Continue. Yes. <laughs> like, kind of a thing. It's like, uh, okay. Yep. I, that's so funny because I have a lot of water in my chart, but um, 
I struggle with crying when I want to, um, mm. and I have to like get in the shower to cry. It's like I I need the physical element of water to kickstart the process mm-hmm. for me because just all water on the inside for me. Yeah. Well, and I think you you make fun of my my Libra pretty cry. Yes. Um, because that that actually is something that I experience myself of like when I really, really, really want to cry, it actually gets caught in my throat. Huh. Uh-huh. And that's where, you know, Scorpio's kind of hanging out in the classical house of Taurus. So that's like connected to the throat a little bit. Um, Taurus rules the throat. Mm-hmm. So that's where it like kind of like before it actually gets up to my eyes sort of a thing <laughs> where it's like as long as I'm breathing I can actually cry but it gets like like a little stuck in the throat yeah yeah so that's yeah. like some fun observations of that is fun oh medical astrology yeah fun So yes, grief. Pisces is the last sign on the zodiac wheel. Um, so that's all about the letting go and releasing and reconnecting with source and seeking mystical union with all that is. Um, so Sagittarius is the ruler of things like religion um, but spirituality and mysticism is the realm of Pisces. So mm-hmm. Those can go together. Um, obviously, we, there's not a ton of religion out there that has like zero spirituality. <laughs> um, so they they definitely work together on this. Um, that's partly in traditional astrology. Um, Pisces is ruled by Jupiter, and Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. So there is that connection there. Um, but this is not so much about religion as much as experiencing the supernatural, experiencing something greater than yourself. Um, and that process is often very overwhelming. And that's part of where where grief comes in. As, as we were kind of doing our little research bits for the episode, we... Um, kind of brought up the stages of grief. Yes. Um, but you, in particular, brought up the 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 most recently ad- added. Yeah. Uh, the sixth stage of grief. So yeah, the five stages of grief. Um, it was was created, um, named, cataloged by um, <clears throat> someone named Elizabeth Kubler Ross, and did it with David Kessler. Elizabeth Kubler Ross um, defined the five stages of grief. Um, now we, um, tend to think about the five stages of grief as like a process you go through, but Kubler-Ross and Kessler never really meant for people to categorize it as a linear process. It's just right. like all flowing and ebbing and sometimes you're angry, then you're releasing and then you're angry again. It's all like messy. But David Kessler wrote a book in 2021, um, about the sixth stage of grief that he identified through his own grieving process, which uh, the book is called Making Meaning the Sixth Stage of Grief. Um, And so Mm. he talks about how in order to actually move through the process, let go, there has to be the stage of making meaning. 
and it's not in a silver lining. He intentionally didn't refer to it as finding meaning. Um, mm-hmm. Not in a like, oh, I'm going to find the greater meaning in this. It's the making meaning. It's being creative to use the trauma, the grief, the sadness to inspire making art, for example, or becoming um, an advocate for the cause. Like if you've lost someone to gun violence, for example, then making meaning out of that loss by becoming a champion for gun laws, for example. It's not a, oh, I'm going to spiritual bypass things and, and be like, it's all all for the greater good. We just can't see it. It's a, let's create something. Um, could you could you actually explain spiritual bypassing just really quick? Oh, yeah. So spiritual bypassing um, is where instead of dealing with hard emotions, we go to a spiritual definition or idea for everything where it's like, oh, the classic spiritual bypass is God works in mysterious ways. Um, Hmm. Don't understand what's going on, but God works in mysterious ways. That's like bypassing the questions, the hard work, and just digging into a spiritual framework in order to avoid things. That's kind of a like old school spiritual bypass, but you see it a lot in the like good vibes only kind of language. I was about to say that connects with a lot of the memes that just like float around out there. Yeah. That are, that I see is like the toxic positivity side. Toxic positivity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is a very Pisces thing. Um, Pisces really, really wants to connect with the spiritual whole, but mysticism and true spiritual connection is not a like permanent state it's things that we get in like just little the mist parts for a moment and then you have this spiritual experience Um, but pisces can get kind of addicted to that feeling so they will use things like substances or spiritual bypassing um, in order to feel that oh i'm connected to source it's Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had a beautiful analogy that's a little bit of a like narrative of um, how to describe Pisces and the feeling that we can all kind of relate to. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be a Pisces son or have a lot of Pisces placement to understand this kind of narrative. Could you talk about like that fog of war video game analogy that you were talking about where yeah. uh, Pisces wandering around in the mist or the fog and what they're searching for. Yes. I can't remember the astrologer that used this, um, but I'll add that in the show notes. Um, But I remember she talked about Pisces experience is you're on a hike and everything is really, really misty and cloudy as you're on your mountain hike. Um, and you're just kind of like seeing one one foot in front of the other, and you have like the sense that there's trees around you, um, and it's still there's this beauty, but you can't really see what's going on. You're just one step in front of the other, mm-hmm. and then you're on your hike, and suddenly, for a moment, the mist clears, and there's just this beautiful vista of mountains and a lake and trees, and it's just this. You catch your breath for the beauty of it all, mm-hmm. and 
there's no dogma around it. It's just that, oh, I am seeing how everything that was hidden is clear. And then the mist rolls back in and, and you're, you're back on your hike, but you have this image and feeling that you carry with you as this faith um, that you understand that there's more out there. You had just that glimpse than what you can see in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Well, when we, we, we need to take a quick break in a second, but when we come back, can we talk about this analogy and how we can apply illusion and delusion? Yes. And toss that into the cauldron. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back, y'all. Welcome back, everyone. All right, we are here chatting about Pisces. Julia, what can we kind of like bring to the table for our, our friends with this foggy analogy and the the illusion connection yeah. to, to Pisces? Yeah, so um, I love the word illusion for, for Pisces, partly because, nerd alert, uh, Neptune was discovered um, as a planet right around the time when the camera started to uh, become mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was this sudden uh, way for people to show off pictures to one another. And a lot of people would, when first saw photographs, they would feel very confused about it because they thought they could like touch it or somehow interact with this photo of someone uh, because that was a a new thing that something so, so realistic looked like it could almost just move off of the page. But that's not actually real. I mean, it's ink on paper. Um, And so there's an illusion that gives us understanding in a way we never knew before. But then Pisces can also lead to things like disillusion, delusion, mm-hmm. uh, where you actually convince yourself that that which is not true is true. Um, yes. So bringing things back to grief um, and Pisces, we talk about this idea of like we're making meaning as our way of letting go. And I think that's very much, I think there's something there. Because this is not just about grief. This is just all, all times, many, many times in our lives, we have to let go of things in order to move on. Um, and I think this process of making, intentionally creating meaning out of things is the key to actually letting things go. Uh, we need to tell ourselves this story about why something hard has happened to us in order to have it no longer be a source of power over us. That's where you see the connection to Jupiter. I do. I see that connection mm-hmm. to Jupiter. And also I see because um, after Pisces, we're going to be moving into Aries, which is all about like ego and new ego and something new. Um, but in order to make space for that new thing, there has to be this release, um, this forgiveness, this letting letting something disappear. What about uh, you talking, um, you and your friend talk about the like put her down? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So there's the little story of two monks 
who are making their way from monastery to monastery, and it's a, we'll say, three-hour journey. Um, and as they are silently walking, because monks um, vow of silence, uh, they come across a river and they need to cross the river. However, there's also a woman at the river. So she is trying to cross the river. The one monk goes over, um, help like helps her across the river so she doesn't get wet, um, puts her puts her down, and then everyone goes their separate ways. And once they get to the monastery after a couple more hours of walking, the uh, other monk turns to him and says, like, hey, I can't, uh, I have to report you, you broke your vows, all of this stuff, like, uh, we can't, I, I, I have to turn you in. And the other monk goes, oh, that was hours ago. I put her down hours ago, and you've been carrying her this long? Put her down. Yes. It's, it, that's not, that's not for you to carry. Yes. This long. Yes. Mm -hmm. That to me is very much the difference between dogma and spirituality. And the Sagittarius, we've got um, a dogma, we've got structure, we've got a philosophy of what we're doing and how we need to get there. And then we've got Pisces, which is like, but compassion, but I've already let it go. I've already moved on. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good example of of where we get Pisces energy, but I but I put her down. I put her down. I'm not carrying her with me anymore. So there are some flower essences that can kind of help with this process. The first one that comes to mind is the plant elm. Um, and this is a flower essence for the tree of elm that's very much for people that are overwhelmed with the responsibilities of life and need to tap into some of that Pisces put her down energy mm. um they're doing all of the things taking on all of the responsibilities because their ego their sense of who they are is tied into how responsible they can be and how many things they can carry um and so they're not as much worried about oh if i if I don't do all of the things, everything will fall apart. It's more of a like, if I don't do all of the things, then I don't know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think of it as like in tarot, it's the nine of swords. It's the like, I'm staying up late crying in my bed because of all the things that are hanging over my head. And it's like, well, put her down. <laughs> you got to put something down. Mm -hmm. um, and then we move to the Ten of Swords, which is a person with a gazillion swords in their back, um, which in some ways, although uh, not a good place, in some ways is better than at least the like fear of all the swords over your head. And so when you get to that Ten of Swords place, there's um, a flower essence called Sweet Chestnut that is specifically for the emotion of anguish. So we're no longer scared of the swords above us it's we've fallen in the swords have fallen and now we're in just this acute pain and i see these two flower essences as often one leading to another mm -hmm. um yes the avoidance the fear of the ego loss and then the dealing with the ego loss and identity and sometimes actual loss of another person yeah and then the real conversation of like, how are we supposed to help as as fellow humans um, when we are observing someone 
in this nine and ten dynamic. Yes. Um, and how do we empathize with them or show compassion? Um, and that is that is kind of like the the fun conversation. Oh my gosh! Yes. Um, how about we take a quick break great. before we get into that? Yes. Yes. We'll we'll launch back into empathy and empaths in just a sec. Do you love a water sign and need help navigating the emotional roller coaster that is life together? You don't have to do it alone. Pisces Existential Crisis Translator is the tool you've been missing. Oh, sweetie, what's wrong? Nothing. Let me turn on my translator, honey. Let's try this again. What's wrong? I told you, nothing's wrong. Everything is wrong. Seriously, everything's fine. I am upset in a minimum of 6.5 ways. Well, if you want to talk about anything, I'm here for you. I do not understand my life purpose. And the oceans are rising. And there are cute puppies without homes. Well, okay, uh, what can I do to help? Nothing. Unless you can alter time and history. Also, I am dehydrated and could use a glass of water. I'm on it! Here, sweetie. Feeling better? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling better. Existential crisis averted. Next sequence to commence in 3.25 hours. Whew! Thanks, Existential Crisis Translator! Alright, welcome back everyone. We are about to launch into our conversation about empaths, empathy, compassion, WTF, to yes. all of it. So, Julia... Back to Pisces being a crier. Okay, Pisces is a crier. Pisces, people with a lot of Pisces uh, placements can often feel and express that they are psychic sponges. That they can walk into a room and they pick up all the vibes. Um, they can see someone and, and feel within themselves how that person is feeling. Uh, yes, psychic abilities, um, supernatural abilities, extrasensory abilities are all ruled uh, by Neptune and Pisces. And so I have thoughts about this. Yeah. As, as astrologers that work in the woo-woo world, you come across a lot of folks that uh, do have psychic abilities. And I'm not saying I don't believe in psychic abilities. I 100% do. But I think that there's a lot of bleed over between psychic ability and trauma response. Hmm. Because people that have been in, grown up in situations or have experienced traumatic situations can um, often develop hypervigilance where they, in order to survive, uh, have their little tentacles out to pick up on cues everywhere, people's facial cues, body language, um, in order to keep themselves safe. They are become just little extrasensory wizards with knowing what's happening in a room in order to keep themselves and their loved ones safe. The animal of an octopus. Yeah, a little yeah, we're, just feeding we're, it all the time. It, it just has all of those. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So then um, 
I don't know. Like, I, it gets messy. Like, is, is this like some special gift that like sets you apart or is it a trauma response? Well, what does the, what, where can we point to for like research? On empathy. Um, well, the research on the hypervigilance, I would say um, Body Keeps the Score, um, is a great book for like what your body physically starts to do when you have been in a situation that has required you to be on high alert all the time and then develop these. Um, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's a problem, but it's also a superpower um, and you can choose how you want to use it, which leads to empathy. And so a lot of folks that feel like I can feel someone else's emotions describe that as empathy. But according to Brene Brown, who has done so much work and research on um, shame and empathy itself, makes the argument that um, she's not even sure that it's possible for us to feel other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Let's just throw some definitions out. I love that. So, In Atlas of the Heart, Brené Brown uh, describes or defines compassion as the daily practice of recognizing and accepting our shared humanity so that we treat ourselves and others with loving kindness and we take action in the face of suffering. Yes. Then later, she defines empathy as the most powerful tool of compassion. It is an emotional skill set that allows us to understand what someone is experiencing and to reflect back that understanding. So it is, it is, I see you, I am here with you, I'm not going to fix you. Yes. Kind of a thing. Yes. So that's where um, I see the, both sides of that empath coin of like, I'm not going to deny that you aren't feeling something. Mm-hmm. You are you are picking up on the signals. Yes. Um, but there is a part of me in the back of my head that screams, it's rude to tell someone how they're feeling. Yes, and I, I don't think we can. Like, we, we, underst- we can pick up on vibes, for sure. Whether mm-hmm. that comes from a supernatural ability or whether that comes from hypervigilance, I don't know that it matters. We're still picking up on a vibe, but we filter it through our own imagination about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's part of the... Pisces says, we are all one. So your feelings are my feelings. The illusion is that there's separateness between us. Mm. But the illusion can also be that we are all one and we're not separate. Of course we're separate. It's this paradox of we're separate and we're not separate. Um, And that goes to uh, on the opposite side of the Zodiac wheel from Pisces, we have Virgo. Mm -hmm. So Pisces says, we're all one. And Virgo says, oh, I am definitely not that. So what do we need? What do we need here to make all of this work? Pisces is ruled by Neptune and Jupiter, big, big planets. And then Virgo is ruled by Mercury, tiniest planet, all about the details, all about communication. Mm -hmm. So what we need in these moments of big, big feelings is tapping into Mercury's 
ability to talk, communicate, communicate, yes. figure out how to put things into boxes sometimes, figure out how to, you know, what, what's you, what's me, um, how, am I actually listening to you or am I filtering your experience through my own? Yeah, and I think this is the beautiful place to insert the near enemy. Yes. Yeah, this is, okay, so in, in Atlas of the Heart, um, right after describing compassion, Brene moves to pity. Yeah. And I think you, you bring in the, the axes of Pisces and Virgo. Yeah. And that's where pity comes into it. And so pity is essentially, I am removing myself from your experience. So there is a separation between like, uh, in, in no better way of saying it, there's like a superiority uh, complex to it as well, where it's like, oh, uh, well, at least I'm not a little sad puppy sort of a thing. And you literally can dehumanize in the process of pitying. But because um, uh, Kristen Neff uh, uses the term near enemy, because it is it feels like compassion it feels like empathy but there's still a separateness and that's where virgo Mm -hmm. is like i am not this yes sort of a thing yeah yeah so that's where you got to go back to the other side of the axis and and bring in some neptunian um and jupiter jovian yes Mm -hmm. yeah i i love it so what are we doing if you feel the feels or you don't feel the feels doesn't mean you have empathy or don't have empathy. Empathy is a skill set um, mm-hmm. that requires the combination of emotion and brain. So and it, yes. Emotional literacy. Yes. And intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being able to label it, being able to understand it, and then being able to express it in some cases. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I have experience with a flower essence that is like this. Um, and I recommend it all the time for people with a lot of Pisces in their chart. Um, also for people who are looking to develop kind of psychic intuitive skills. And that's the plant Rue, R-U-E. Nerd time. So Rue is a plant that like long, long time is associated like this deep, intense protection plant. Um, and it puts like a barrier between, um, you and others. Like you, you touch this plant and you get sunlight on you and it literally like leaves burns on your hands. Like it is really intense. And it, it, it was known as being like this intense solar plant and a plant that, uh, would protect you from witches and people with bad intention in particular. And so I started using in a flower essence form as a way of blocking out other things when I was working on meditating. Um, And I would take this essence and I would literally feel hot points on my hands and the soles of my feet. And I could feel like the whole outline of my body. Um, For those that don't know me, I'm not like a super big, I don't have a lot of, uh, skill set in the like feeling things outside of myself so like when I actually do feel something from taking like a plant or something it's kind of 
a big experience for me. Mm -hmm. So I could like feel like the outline of my own body, which is really great. Not Um, just a floaty brain. Yes. (laughs) And after taking it for a while, all of a sudden, the extra sensory stuff started to like open up and I could like start feeling thoughts in my head that weren't mine. Thoughts that were like coming from words that other people had told me that that didn't feel like me. Um, and even like starting to like get that like, oh, there's like maybe another entity in the room kind of a feeling. Um, and I had taken this plant thinking it was going to help me ground myself, which it did. But it also helped me know what wasn't me, um, which then increased that like more psychic ability and intuitive ability. And so I think that's so much of the key if you want to like open up your Pisces abilities um, in any sort of way with clarity, you have to know who you are first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And this applies to all of the Claire's. Our favorite Claire's, clairvoyance, clairaudience, all of those Claire's. Um, but also even just working with other people and and being a good friend and being supportive. It's like, what's, what's your baggage and what are you listening to? And having really good clarity on those things. Yeah. Hey, friends in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Want to join some Astrologize at Fun in person? Join us on the first Sunday of each month at The Eye for Chart Chats, a monthly gathering where we teach a concept about astrology and then see how it plays out in our individual charts. For our March gathering, we're deep diving into the planet Neptune. So get ready for that. We're also offering a three-week course on using astrology to explore the big life questions. Beginning Sunday, March 12th at Magus Books, we'll be teaching something greater, learn astrology through the hero's journey. We'll cover the tools in your backpack, the inner planets, your challenges and your oracles, the outer planets, your arenas, those will be the houses, and how you can put them all together. This class will be interactive and super fun. All levels of astrology knowledge are welcome. For more details, go to our website at astrologizeit.com. See you soon. So in, again, Atlas of the Heart, Brene starts off the section between compassion and empathy with the the question that researchers are actually trying to answer and to figure out, like, which is, which is the better approach, compassion or empathy? Uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> that, that's the debate. Um, but she writes, uh, what's the most effective way to be in connection with and in service to someone who is struggling without taking on their issues as their own. I want to link this with what I read in Isabel Hickey's book. Um, She provides the, I'll say epitaph for Pisces and Neptune being serve or suffer. Mm. Yeah, so like Pisces understands the suffering of others sort of a thing so Pisces must serve Mm -hmm. in a way service is also a word for Virgo yeah yeah so 
how my god this is such this is such a hard question and hard topic like how do we serve people as we are observing them suffer without uh, furthering our own wounds mm -hmm. but allowing space mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. for things to settle yeah and sit yeah yeah i think that's where we have to reach over to our friend the moon who is also all about the emotions water uh-huh mm -hmm. and it's the learning how to take care of your own needs so that you don't take care of other people's needs in order to get yours met in a circuitous way um as, yeah. as cancer i know this one well where it's like well if i take care of everybody else's needs maybe somebody will pay attention to mine mm -hmm. um and it's it's pisces needing to make sure that their needs are met and actually what I, what i see for a pisces is acknowledging that they have needs mm -hmm. find figuring out going on a quest to find what they need and acknowledge that their needs exist and they're not just floating through time and space um and figure out how to actively get those needs met so that they're not over identifying with other people can you identify your needs and let ego be in control Mm, good question. So I bring this question up because the uh, the symbol of Neptune, um, let me let me describe it for you. Uh, well, it looks like a trident, um, but it's composed of two two elements, a cross um, that is standing upright, kind of a thing, and then the uh, uh, crescent. So in in the symbolism breakdown, crescent represents personality. So the moon is our inner our inner selves, yeah. and then the cross represents matter. I kind of look at this as like the sword piercing that ego personality sort of a mm. thing. And a like, oh, I accept that I have to give this portion of me up in order to reach a different level mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So in order to reach our son, we have to like uh, accept and love and turn towards our moon with compassion. Yeah. But also be like, you have needs. I'm gonna actually voice them, kind of a thing. Yeah. That's, so that's where that question came from. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this has got me really excited for next time when we're gonna talk about Aries because oh, I love talking about Aries and the I mean, ego. It's, it's the the ending of the cycle and the rebirth of the cycle. Yes. So like Pisces knows. There's like a little phoenix coming. It's yeah. a phoenix moment. Yeah. Oh, that's really... We're going to get a new ego. Yeah. We get and to then start we again. Then we have to break then that we break one. it down. Oh my God. <laughs> the, like just dissolving. Dissolving. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, that's, that's why it's like maybe just exciting from my perspective. Um, but then again, I have a north node hanging out in Pisces. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just have that guiding star hmm. of like let me let me figure out what i need to kill because something better is gonna come from this this ego death can i talk about my favorite piscean I story demand it yes um it's the movie amelie just a French film I that came that out, film. like, yes. I think in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. um, we actually studied it in film lit. Yes! Yep, yep. To me, it is just Pisces 
all over the place, the good and the bad. Like, Amelie is this character who understands the interconnectedness of all things. Like, even at the very beginning, she's, like, standing, looking out over Paris and is asking how many people are having an orgasm all at the same time. And then, like, <laughs> feeling that joyful energy. And, and this Pisces, this, for all of you with Pisces placements out there that are still wondering, like, oh, gosh, am I actually feeling vibes or is it trauma? Here, here's a question. Can you feel the joy? Hmm. Because, let me insert this, um, the opposite of depression is vitality. Yes. Yes. So can you feel the lows and the highs? Yes. You can't just go with one. Yes. Hmm. So, back to those good vibes only. Can mm -hmm. you feel good vibes? Work on feeling the good vibes, Pisces. Right. Uh, yes, but back to Amelie. She uses her imagination. She has this very illusory world that she creates. Mm -hmm. um, but then she takes that fantastical world in her head and creates it into reality. And that's that's what you can do, Pisces. You You can get out of just only being in your head and seeing things through your rosy colored glasses and actually create a world that is better to live in. You have the tools to literally think about being in someone else's shoes and taking some steps. Uh, I think the, the thing is what you do next with that ability yes. is, is really the defining, defining moment. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, Julia, we have a little bit of time left. Um, is there anything else you wanted to kind of close up our Pisces? I do. Let's get some practical Pisces season strategies All right, bring for the folks. Practicality back yeah. to it. Um, so I think probably the best thing people could do is eat more fish. Eat more fish. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she says that to the plant-based person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't you... Well, go ahead. If you want to eat more fish, your body could probably use it. We're really okay. low on, like, vitamin D. So get that vitamin D however you need it. I would say figure out where you're extra sensitive and, and, and embrace it. Don't mm. be embarrassed about it or try to hide it or toughen it up. Take some time during Pisces season to figure out where things are ouchy and... Love up those spots a little bit. Take care of them. Figure out where you are extra sensitive and what you need to do to take care of yourself without going into the sometimes Pisces tendency of, I'm a baby, take care of me. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, if, if you're able to look at a birth chart and not feel overwhelmed, uh, Pisces potentially rules a house for you unless it's intercepted. But we all have Pisces somewhere in the chart hanging out. So like if if you want a, an indicator, there's there's one spot you can look. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or like twelfth house is the traditional uh, house of Pisces. So like, you know, that might that might be an area to look at too. Totally. If yeah, if you can find Neptune, all that jazz. 
Um, and then this is the same advice we had for Aquarius season, but I think it still applies. It's practice meditation. Um, practice that what's me and what's not me. It's not a perfect. It's a practice. Yeah. Just yeah. keep practicing with maybe, yeah, figure out who you are in the middle of it. And the only way to figure out who you are is to actually get comfortable with your own energy and sit with it a little oh, bit so you and, can identify it. And also questioning yeah. your own your own identity. Um, so like, yeah, that that axis of Virgo and, and Pisces. Figure out where you're you're fitting into everything. Figure out where you're like not at and uh, just explore what that feeling is instead of judging. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not this. That's not bad. It's not good. Yeah. It, it just is. Yeah. And then my last tip is appreciate some art. We in our culture right now, right now especially, there's so much emphasis on like, make art, make art, do the thing. You've got this. Keep working at it. Keep hustling. And what about just appreciating art? What about giving yourself permission to get lost in an art gallery or listen to some music without needing to analyze it, but see what emotions it brings up and take a joy ride on the ebbs and flows of all of the like big, big feelings that come from art. Mm-hmm. Be, be an art appreciator instead of pushing yourself to be an artist. Amelia Nagoski tells her, uh, um, music appreciation class um, to listen as like and remember that someone loves this piece of music yeah. and it has changed and affected their lives. So if you go in listening to a piece of music with the thought, someone really, really likes this, um, that's a, another way to connect, uh, like quick connect to that feeling yeah. instead of just trying to find it amorphously on your own. Yes. Yeah. Or if you don't like it, figure out why. Yes. Ask why. Well, what is it? What, what is it doing you to it? your body? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this music in my spleen, and I don't like it. Yes. You know, if you can feel your spleen, kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. So have fun with that. That's a fun thing to do. Um, also, it's spicy season. Be careful around substances that alter your perception. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This this time of year, it's hard to get through the winter times, but be careful about Pisces will alter your relationship with substances, so be careful. Yeah, this is this is the time to spotlight numbing behavior. Yeah. And uh, you know, again, no like don't judge. Nope. Never lead with judgment because that's that is not a compassionate approach. Yeah. Alright, y'all. If you want more about Astrologize It, we are on the web at astrologizeit.com. We are on Instagrams. Follow us, like, subscribe, do all the things. Tell a friend about us because we want to know how you guys are uh, kind of experiencing all of the things that we're talking about. If you have questions for us, we are always eager to like answer and search more on our own too. Um, So help us explore as you are on your own exploration journey. All right. Thank you, and stay shiny, Starlight. Damn, I am 
in Pisces land and my brain is just like soup. Do you want to take a breath? Oh. 